Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Welcome to Right Now-ish. I'm Pendarvis Harshaw. Thank you all for joining us. The honor of having this platform is the ability to share the stories from folks who I know from the community. People who I've seen cleaning up the streets or performing on stage or leading protests or capturing the world in verse. They're active, making life a little bit better. Desiree Johnson Forte is one of these folks. We met a few years ago because we were working with the same group of young people. I was teaching the media production and she was helping them finish their education, get housing, get employment, and just find their feet. No small task. Her work is important because these young adults have usually aged out of the system. And so they're called transitional aged youth. They're often in a bind because of the cards that they've been dealt in life be it living in the streets or in shelters or experiencing mental health issues or having an arm of the justice system come crashing down on their lives. Desiree works with these young people because she was once one of them. And that's what we're talking about today. A heavy conversation with the person who is doing the lifting and her vision of economic prosperity for young adults in the Bay Area. Coming up right after this. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. In 2015, Desiree Johnson Forte founded the Black Intergenerational Zeal Stoop, or the Biz Stoop for short. The organization has three main goals. First is to increase Black life expectancy through group conversations addressing fatalism. Second is about helping young folks from the East Bay to tell their stories and shift public narratives about them. Third, the 
VizStoop helps young people to earn a living wage and build businesses through personal and career coaching, economic education, and financial support. The seed for this idea was planted a long time ago. I say I've been doing this, this type of work since the third grade. So I started off with organizing an elementary school, get teachers and support staff to stay at our schools in Oakland. Um, and that grew into further community work around sustainability and how do young people have a voice and platform. When I was 18, I came out as a survivor of long-term assault by someone close to my family. That was the scariest thing I probably ever did outside of moving away from home because that put reality in my lap. Even though I was presenting symptoms of like something deeply is going on, but no one could really put their finger on it or maybe were not comfortable pushing the conversation. And when I got to living independently, I just had to come out with the truth. I didn't want to carry that pain and shame far off into my life and just never get to heal about it. So it ended up coming out. It motivated other folks to come out to me. So I started a group for survivors on my campus and I went to Mills College. I was surprised as a woman's college, there wasn't any like ongoing support group for survivors. And that's how I really started cutting my teeth, creating ways to address the needs of people who are living at the margins or carrying a lot of burden. So after college, Desiree worked with the Youth Impact Hub. It's a building that's just north of downtown on Telegraph, and inside they run supportive programs for 18 to 24 year olds. Desiree chose to focus on developing a business plan, and that's where the idea of the Biz Stoop originated. How do we address the roots of fatalism, shift the wealth narrative, shift the health narrative, and earn our keep? like legitimately earn our keep so we can sustain ourselves where we choose to live, where we choose to have family, and where we choose to make community. So that is what the biz stoop is about. You're tackling some huge issues. Like fatalism is something that I've dealt with in my circle from a young age, 12, 13, being like, I'm not going to live past 18, 21, you know? And then by the grace of God, like making it past that age, then wrapping my mind around like, oh, I got to go get a job and a place to live and things like that. And so you, what you're saying about like helping young people transition into society is really important work. And I, I know in talking to you that you also have a background in poetry. And so when you talk about sharing your story, I was wondering what role has poetry played in uh, that resiliency that you've built up? Poetry saved my whole life. Some people forget that they were once without a salary. And maybe fast food and humble ramen is all they had to eat or when the Cheesecake Factory was a luxury because $30 on a plate equated to two weeks of food if you shop frugally at the 99 cent store or the Dollar Tree. It takes so much to remember that. Some people don't- I've been doing poetry since the third grade. <laughs> since the MLK oratorical fest. And then when I moved to SoCal, where we got evicted out of Oakland, and I found myself in the library, and I saw that there was an event for teens to do poetry. And I was like, I'm gonna go over here, because I need something positive in my life. 
I started with my paper like this. <laughs> Covering your face. And stuttering. I was like a socially awkward individual. So I gained peers through doing poetry, um, but I also developed confidence. I got my words together. If you look back in the Oakland Tribute, there is a poem that I did for Willie Clay III. He was a friend of my cousin Daryl, and he was a victim of gun violence here um, in his community. And I wrote a poem just about how that made me feel. Willie Clay III, rest his soul, was a friend of mine as well. And uh, yeah, I was at the hospital the night he passed. And it definitely catalyzed a lot of my writing. Okay, so when you were young, you attended programs and services that fostered creativity and entrepreneurial skills. And now you're on the other side of the coin, creating programs that build similar skills. My question is, what do you make of this journey so far? It goes back to my own life in progress. I know that these are the, the challenges I've had to overcome. I had to go to therapy. Um, I've had to build healthy relationships. I also feel very connected with my ancestors, whether I've known them or not in current time to decades and centuries ago. They made it through some shit. So it's my duty to make it through in this life. Like to overcome fatalism for me has been addressing like suicidal ideation. I live in a quote unquote dangerous environment. So community violence is a possibility, but also self-inflicted harm is a major possibility. And having the tools to heal yourself are essential, I believe, to be able to wake up and feel like today I can try again. Um, and then being in positive, affirmative community that is also going to challenge you. And I don't think that we should continue to make people go through very extreme situations to access the support that they need to stabilize. Seeing your trajectory, how far you've grown, um, where you've come from, and the work that you're doing now, is there ever a moment where you just look up and you're like, I'm so glad I helped this young person because you can maybe even see yourself in them? I think about that a lot. I think I think about it because I hope that I'm doing what's right. And it's only through that data, through the conversations with young people when they say, thank you, mm. that I know that I'm doing what's right, that I actually did help somebody. It makes me very happy when I learn other people have taken their ideas seriously. Mm. And that they actually get recognition, get get the funding, get the customers, get whatever to like keep doing that. Cause the low wage working class struggle that we've had to endure and watch our parents endure. It's too much. Too fucking much. Thank you for sharing that too. Thank you. Over your career in doing this work, I'm sure you've seen some changes. What are the more significant things that you've seen change when it comes to working with transitional age youth? Well, a lot of us have basically aged out of the resources that would usually be available. It's terrible when you start your healing process and then it's like just ripped out from under you. Um, so a little bit of change I've seen is... Some programs have expanded their age to 26. 
to maybe 27 years old. As you get older, there's more responsibility, of course, of course. But there should still be a basic level of some network support because people are still suffering. Desiree, you are a force. Thank you for your work. Thank you for sharing your story. And most importantly, for assisting others along the way. Beyond doing this work, Desiree is also the owner of a beverage company called Damn Good Teas. You can find out more on Instagram at Damn Good Teas. And you can follow Desiree's org, The Biz Stoop, at B-I-Z-S-T-O-O-P on I-G. Marisol Medina Cadena is the producer of this show. Jessica Plachik is the editor. Our engineer is Syl Muller. Justin Ebrahimi and Rhea Garewal are the engagement specialists. Our engagement intern is Ashley Ng. Our production intern is Corey Antonio Rose. Kiana Mogadam is the senior producer of podcasts. KQED execs are David Marcus and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a good one. Peace. Right Now-ish is a KQED production. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.